Welcome to Tales from a Bibliophile, a bookish podcast about all things reading and the communities that books create. I'm your host, Carly Galorn-Stewart. Each week, I'll have a different guest on to chat all things books. Hello, and welcome to episode two. I have my friend Lindsay here today. Hi. Um, and we are we are kind of coworkers. Um, we work in the same regional library system. So Lindsay is also a librarian, and we have known each other for like... We have been coworkers. We have been coworkers. Multiple times before. Yes. <laughs> um, we started working in libraries around the same time, so we've been through it for a long time. I th- was trying to think of how long the other day, and I was like, this just makes me feel old. I have to stop. Because um, <laughs> I think I had just started college and you had just graduated. Yeah. Or were about to graduate or something. But mm-hmm. so Lindsay and I are going to chat about our favorite reads from 2022. Um, not all of these, um, especially with mine, are books that were released in 2022. They are just books that I read in 2022. So Okay, good. Because um, I had yeah. one that I was like, this was like one of my favorite books yeah. that I read this year, but it was not published in 2022. Yeah, and so. I like, there's so many best of list that come out at the I just am like I would rather talk about everything that I've actually read so um so we'll do that but before we jump in um I would love to talk about what we're reading right now what are you reading right now sure um or what you've just finished if you're not currently reading anything yeah so actually um I just finished Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. That is what I am currently reading. (laughs) And that is my number one uh, book of 2022. Yeah, that's what I'm currently reading right now. Um, We have Book Club tomorrow, and I am... 35% 35% of the way through. So, yes, it's gonna so be a I'm going to reading tonight. I will avoid spoilers at all costs. Yes. Um, um, if something slips in, that's fine. Um, it's not like it, it doesn't seem like it's a huge, like, twisty book. So, um, yeah, it's mostly uh, about friendships and relation yeah. and creative partnerships, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know. I gravitate toward this. Uh, yeah. I think they're very interesting. And it's a, um, I've heard people say this so much about this book. Like, a lot of people, were hesitant because it was like sort of advertised as like a game thing and I think that a lot of people thought like Ready Player One mm-hmm. but it's really just about their partnership as they make the game like the game is right. not really uh, a huge actually my mom is reading my copy nice. now yeah so we were actually talking about that last night because if anyone knows less about gaming than I do then oh yes yeah. my mom yeah uh, I so know. I was telling her like I was I was trying to let her know ahead of time because she's barely started it maybe like Mm -hmm. on page 20 or 30 or something um so I was trying to assure her that no she did not need to understand no video games at all in order to follow this book Um, so it was really neat to see like the or as I'm going to see the they've just finished the game in the part I'm at but um to see the other side of like how they're created and stuff like that Mm because that's not something I'm familiar with like at all yeah um but yeah I'm excited for our book club I want to see if anybody doesn't like it because I don't I haven't like heard any negative reviews I don't know how anyone could not like it because there's really something in it for everyone it does have a little bit of the romance aspect to it it's um it spans many years of these characters lives so it's a lot of relationship like yeah so some um, of it feels a little bit like campus lit um yeah because they are in college in the beginning yeah Mm -hmm. and then they're more young adults adults towards yeah. the end um so that's really it's neat yeah I like that so. there's a lot 
going on that I am enjoying. And I loved her, I actually want to go back and reread it. Um, her book, her, it wasn't her first one. She's written several, but um, they're just about to make a TV show or just have um, the story, The Life of A.J. Feigry. I think um, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I never know how to pronounce the last one. Um, but yeah, they just either made a movie or about to come out with one or a TV show, I can't remember. But that's been one of my favorites for a long time. Well, I want to read um, it now, now that I'm like turned on to... Yeah, her work. I want to go she's back and so read. Good. I didn't realize until the other day that she has like three or four. Well, she's like 40 years old. Yeah. And, she's, and she looks on her picture. Oh, yeah, like she, I told someone the other day before I knew, I told them, I was like, oh, she's super young. Yeah. She's like in her 20s. She looks like she's in her 20s. She looks <laughs> she like her age for She sure. looks so good. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to go back and read that one. But um, I am loving Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. And it is, got picked up for, a, I think you actually told me it got picked up for a movie or something. I think TV Paramount. Show. Paramount. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, um, I don't know who did the storied life. Um, but the storied life is fun because it's a book one. It's like mm-hmm. one of the main characters owns a bookstore. Um, yeah. So it's been interesting to, to read something that's like not bookish, but like is the writing is still so, so good. Mm-hmm. What's the other thing too? Like, yeah, the narr- like the, the plot, there's plot. <laughs> it's not just There like, is plot. There's definitely plot. And, um, but she does a lot of interesting things. Like, I don't know if I can explain it, but the, the page breaks, she has, um, there's a symbol and like, I wouldn't normally have noticed. Like, I was going to say, I'm on the ebook and audiobook, so I don't think I noticed that. Yeah. So like you, and I normally, when I'm reading a fiction novel, like I don't notice what kind of like page breaks, it, whether it's yeah. like a little line, like a dash or, yeah. or a dot or something. Um, if that's in my, um, but it, e-book. there, that symbol plays into the story. Oh, at really? some point, that's yeah. cool. So she does some interesting things too, awesome. other than just, um, just like just the good writing. Writing, yeah. Yeah, she's a little um, style. She does. Yeah, I am not. I wonder if it just didn't. If it's either not in this chapter or it didn't get translated into the audio or the ebook. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I didn't think about that with the ebook version or the I, audio. Sorry. Yeah, I had not heard um, anything about that before, um, but I, I was listening to something the other day, and they were having a conversation about um, the st- which I had never thought about this the style, the stylistic stuff that goes into novels and how it gets translated into ebooks and audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had never thought about it that way. It's um, interesting because a lot of times when you digitize something if you aren't intentionally doing like building it from the start like if you just try to copy or whatever like it never is the same um and there are certain aspects you just don't see um in audiobooks but but I also one other thing I'll touch on that one and then you can go ahead with one of yours um I liked that it's gotten so much attention and the main character or one of the main characters um, has a physical disability. I am so excited about that. I like. I always hesitate to consider myself dis- disabled, but I have a chronic illness that is invisible to most people. It's not like an obvious thing. Um, but disability rap is so hard to find, especially in really well-written novels where it's mm-hmm. not about the disability. Yes. So I have really loved that storyline so far. Um, you get parts of how it happened and how it affects his life, but it's not like centered around mm-hmm. um, his disability. So that's been really interesting to wade through. 
And I do think it's interesting how, like, that is kind of how he really got into gaming yeah. in the first place and yeah. how he met the other main character yeah, of the, the book the two is, people, yeah. right, is yeah. because he had this disability from a very, very young age and had to spend lots of time in the hospital, um, like, recovering from different mm-hmm. surgeries and that type of thing. So I thought that whole thing was so cute. Super interesting. They, like, meet playing Mario Kart in the hospital game room. I know. It was very cute. Um, Mario Kart's about as extensive as my video game knowledge goes, so I yeah. was... They also... To, um, I think it was Super Mario. Oregon Trail also plays a big part in this I, book. Yes. And it just reminded... Like, it brought back so many memories of, like, I playing love, Oregon Trail with my sisters. Yeah. I, that is one I actually played. I loved Oregon Trail. I don't know if you know this, but um, the... Maybe not. Maybe it's the different computers. There's maybe it's just Madison County, but there one of the computers in the kids section has them preloaded. I th- oh my gosh. I think it's the like AWE computers that are like built mm-hmm. with just the games or whatever. I'm almost certain um, Oregon Trail is one of the options on there, and it's like oh my gosh. It's really fun because like we get really excited about it, but like kids today are like. This is this old. Yeah. Like, this is, like, what do you mean? Like, what's a wagon? Like, what do you mean yeah. I have to get across the country? What's a, a covered wagon? wagon? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I called my sister Kate, and I was like, oh, my gosh, do you remember this? I was like, you know, like, burying your child mm-hmm. on the side of the trail or, like, and when you get started, it has, like, the list of the things that you oh, have. And it's so yeah. random. It's, like, 20 bullets. Yeah, you have to, like, go into the su- – <laughs> or you have to buy supplies or whatever. But it is. It's, like, such it's a so random, random list. It's, like, I think they just put a bunch of stuff in there and then, like, shuffled. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try – I don't know. I need to find the version of it that I can play now. I'm sure that there is yeah. something because they keep coming back with all the old school ones. Because I don't think I ever made it. So now I that I'm older, yeah. like, I want to – you have more of a perspective – Right. Like what the goal, like, yeah. how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't played it in ages. Um, but, yeah, so that, cool. I think, is probably going to be on my list for <laughs> this year because um, I will definitely have only have finished it in the last couple of days. But um, so most of mine are nonfiction, actually, um, which I didn't read a ton of, but the ones that I really liked this year were nonfiction. There's a couple novels, but um, the one, and this one definitely – came out in 2022 and I did not hear a ton about it until it was nominated for a Goodreads Choice Award. Oh, cool. Um, but it's called What My Bones Know, A Memoir of Healing from Complex Trauma by Stephanie Fu. And it is her like personal memoir about dealing with CPTSD and like how there is not a lot of obvious like treatment um, for s- complex PTSD, um, mm-hmm. and it is different than regular PTSD, and so, like, the treatments are different, but, like, a lot of people, like, she would try to go see therapists, and, like, there are a lot of therapists that didn't, like, understand. I gotta write um, this down. Yeah, I don't this. it's so good. I actually ended up, um, I think I ended up, like, around Black Friday, Audible, which I don't usually subscribe to, but Audible had a deal where you got, like, three months for five dollars each month or something and I like did it specifically to get this book um because it was I don't think we had a bunch in the library yet I can't remember why but um that was like the first one I did on there which it was I did really like the audiobook of it I really like listening to memoirs like mm-hmm. specifically if they're read by the author um which most of them are yeah um but it like it's a little bit like sciencey in the sense that like she does a lot of research because a lot of 
like there just hadn't been a lot and she couldn't access a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's <clears throat> so much of her personal um, journey. And so the thing with CPTSD is that instead of like with PTSD, it's like um, some like a lot of soldiers get it or like if you're in a really traumatic car accident or um, something it's more like, like a that. one. It's a one like time, a one-time thing. thing that yeah. happens to you, and then the you're dealing with the aftermath, right? And yeah. so complex PTSD is similar symptoms, but it's like instead of one thing, it's like many small things over the years mm-hmm. that don't get processed as they happen, um, and so it kind of chronicles like her experience with those specific things, and then the journey she like goes on to get a diagnosis and treatment and stuff like that. And there is more, um, there's a little bit more, but hers, like this is the first time I've seen CPTSD mentioned in any sort of like mainstream book. Um, And especially like nonfiction, there's just not a lot on it. But Mm -hmm. so I really like that one. I want to go back and I want to buy at some point the physical copy um, because I think that it's a book that I would like to like read and go back and like, take notes on and, and own. Um, yeah. But well, I'm very interested to read that one as well. It's really good. It sounds like, I, what was the, there was a really popular book not too many years back. It's like a blue cover. Sorry, I sound like a patron. Yeah, I'm like, like, what like, do you know that book with the blue cover? I can't remember the title, but the cover was blue. Um, um, oh gosh, but it, it just blew up and it was about Oh, was it trauma. the, um, was it the therapy one? It's very sciencey though. It's oh, more it sciencey than I anticipated it being, and oh, I was okay. really looking maybe for more something like like memoir, like yeah. This that you're is talking it about, not, or is it? Um, it may not be the one I'm thinking of. But. It probably is. It's like the one. It's something about something body. Oh, that's not the body. one I'm thinking of. But the body keeps the score. That's that, it. Yes, that's it. That is. Yeah, one you're of, good. Yeah, I own that one. You're very um, good. That is one of the few that like talks a lot about PTSD um, in, like, a more... It is really science Sciencey, they give you, like, um, case studies. They do, yeah. Um, that one's really interesting. I can't talk remember... talk about the, what it, like, what it actually changes yes, in your brain. Like, the, um, the, yeah, the, like, It's cool, changes. but it just yeah. wasn't, so, I guess, what I was looking yes, for at the time. So, if you liked that one, and it was too sciencey and you want something more, um not relatable or, like, easy to read, but, like, a memoir. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, she does talk about um, research stuff, but it is intertwined with, like, her personal experience. Um, and it's, I feel like it was more heavy on the personal experience. So it's definitely one um, if you're interested in anything like that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who it was, but I read an article that said that that author, because The Body Keeps the Score got really big, um, and it was well um, after the, its pub date. Yeah, like, it had been out for a while. Ever. Um, but apparently there's a, and I don't know if it was like he stole the idea and the research or if it was just like there was a book that was published around the same time that didn't get as much popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another book that came Ooh. up. Um, I'll have to go That's back and research it. I hate being that person who's like, there's this book, but I can't tell you what it is. I just did um, it, so. Yeah, less fair. Um, but yeah, so... This is definitely one that's more accessible um, if you don't have a science degree or research yeah. skills. Or not skills, but, you know. All right, what's one of yours? Um, so my number two is 
very similar actually in the like themes that it deals with um as my number one now is not the time to panic by kevin wilson i've seen this one everywhere but i haven't read it i think um, i have a, a I love listener it. copy of it i love it i listened to the audiobook okay, so yeah. i highly recommend it it's good um and it's one you can i'm kind of weird about fiction audiobooks yeah i am like too I'm, it's really hard to hold my attention with them mm-hmm. I'm um, the same way. but this one I was able to listen and, like, fold laundry and, like, you know, do other things, um, and it was fine. But, um, yeah, I just – I really like Kevin Wilson. I read um, his last book that he came out with, and, again, I'm going to be really awful and not be able to remember the title off the top of my head, but it's the one where the the little – the twins – the, the main character has to babysit these twins and they just like spontaneously combust whenever they have oh, a tantrum. Like, I did not realize that was the same person. It's, yes. um, he always has like I can a little see the cover. quirky Nothing something. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Yeah, That's it. I do remember when you said they yeah. combust, I was like, like, there's a book with a kid, like, from the waist up that's, like, on fire. Um, I have nothing to see here. Someone gave it to me, and I didn't realize that was the same person. That Is one's it? also a really, like, solid, quick read. Okay. And I think, to me what's so cool and special about Kevin Wilson's books is that they're easy, like fun, fun reads, Uh, but they also like are very meaningful. Like they have, and that's hard to do. It is. It's really hard to do. But anyway, um, now is not the time to panic is, um, also sort of a creative partnership thing. Um, two teenagers, young teenagers, Mm -hmm. they meet, um, kind of at this, you know, the dead of summer, mm-hmm. nothing's going on in this small town, um, and they happen to meet up, and there's nothing to do, and it's there's like a little bit of a romantic thing, and at some point they're like, okay, we got to figure out something else to do other than just like make out. <laughs> so, yes. so um, they find this old like printer, mm-hmm. or no, not a printer, a copier, a copy machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, in her garage. Mm-hmm. That Long, sounds, there's a backstory behind that, like how that we got there. very realistic, though. I yes. have, like, three printers in my house that are dead. That yes. I've never gotten rid of. So they fix it up, and they're like, well, let's make something. Let's make art. And so they, like, create this thing mm-hmm. that is super important and, and meaningful to them, seemingly out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And then they decide that they're going to share it with everyone. So they just go, like hang it in public like on notice boards and and so it's there's commentary about like creating art and then what happens to it when you put it out into the world Mm -hmm. like it sort of takes on a life of its own Mm -hmm. um but then it how it kind of circles back and it does have an effect on the creators at some point oh okay so it's really interesting that does Um, sound really interesting i have seen it everywhere and i didn't put together that it was the other author so i was like I had felt like I had never heard of him, um, but I have seen that one show up on a lot. A lot of people have brought that one up. Um, I'll have to try to listen to it. Yeah, I'm yeah. the same way with fiction audiobooks. Like, I usually do nonfiction on audio because if I space out, like, I haven't <laughs> missed, like, this super important, I might not have missed this super important, like, detail of the story passage. that, yeah. like, I'm not going to understand the rest of the book. Like, usually if it's, like, a memoir or, like, a some other nonfiction I can kind of go back but yeah so I don't know I mean long story short I guess that one just really scratched my itch for that like I'm such a sucker for themes of like that one summer that changed uh, everything yes. you know yeah so yeah that's that's fun that's it a sounds good interesting one. too and not like um anything else I've read so yeah 
That's he's, if anything, he's very unique. Yeah. Um, and he's also very nice. I'll just, yes. like, I met him uh, very briefly at a public library association conference. Um, very chill. Like, I didn't know that it was him at the time. Oh, like, okay. I'd never seen a picture of him. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, all the authors have their little booths at the publisher's stations. Yeah. And I was just, like, standing there. And he was like, do you want me to sign your book? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, is this you? That is you. Okay. That's fun. Um, <laughs> so. I love that. Yeah. I've met several authors at different um, events, and it's always, like, it always makes me really happy when they're, like, nice, normal human mm-hmm. beings. Um, so my second one is fiction. Um, three of my five are nonfiction, so I'll just alternate so we're not just straight talking nonfic. <laughs> Sure. Um, but my next one is such sharp teeth and it did come out last year, um, around October, I'm assuming because it is, so this one was nominated for a Goodreads choice in the horror section. And I think it's like shelved in horror, like Barnes mm-hmm. and Nobles and stuff, but it's similar to, and we've talked about this a little bit. It's similar to, um, Stephen Graham Jones's The Only Good Indians where it's mm-hmm. like normal and then it's really not like yeah that you don't like you kind of like I read you're the, like sitting there reading and somebody's like why is your mouth open right. <laughs> like, like why are you <laughs> um and this is and so she's I've read one other book by her um the last book she put out was Cackle um and it's Rachel I Harrison know that. Yeah, yeah I've definitely seen that, that one got one. really big last year um and then she has another one called The Return that I haven't read but um Cackle was like um, had a the main character was like a witch or something, but like it was so subtle that it was almost like you could read it either way. Um, mm-hmm. Like you could read it as like a metaphor, or you could read it as like a literal like this character is supposed to be a witch. Well, that's fun. Um, yeah, and so that's how <laughs> such sharp teeth is. Um, this like the main character moves back to her hometown to help out her sister, who is her twin sister who's pregnant, um, and the baby's father is like not in the picture. Um, at the time so she like goes back to help out but she like goes out one night and um she hits a large animal with her car and she like gets out to check on it and she gets attacked and so like oh my gosh the like, like by the animal yeah or by, oh, yeah okay. by the animal and so like the like she's supposed to be like a werewolf but like it's such a subtle aspect of the storyline that like it's not like an immediate oh she changes um, but it's really fun. It's, like, funny. Um, and it's got a love story in it, um, but it's not, like, super – it's kind of like Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow where it's, like, a part of the story, but it's not, like – it's not a romance novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked it. It was very interesting to read after or around the same time I read the um, the last one I just talked about, the What My Bones Know, because um, it's mm-hmm. got a lot of, like – commentary on trauma and like vulnerability and how women are treated um especially around like your health and stuff like that um but it's just it's really interesting because all those things are very clearly there but it's also very subtle Mm -hmm. um and I I feel like maybe um Stephen Grubb Jones is the only other person that I've read that does something like that, um, which is interesting because they're both horror. Um, yeah. So. I feel like the horror genre is really getting a rework these days. It is. A lot of, most I'm of excited my, about it. me too, most of my, like, books I'm excited to read this year are gothic horror. Gothic horror is mm-hmm. getting a big comeback too, which is my favorite 
like little mini genre, subgenre of horror. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to dig into those. Yeah. Um, but what's your next one? My next one, um, I don't know. Should I do a nonfiction one? You can do it however you want. Okay, I'll. I'm gonna jump to my number yeah, four. Yeah, I didn't actually. like. I didn't like. Not schedule. Um, I didn't rate them. I was just like, these are five books I liked last year. So yeah, I, I would find it pretty hard to rank these as well. So um, the only nonfiction book in my list was Sandy Hook by Elizabeth Wilson. Is that the same person who wrote Columbine? It is not. Okay. I cannot think of his name oh, okay. was right off the top though, of yeah. my head. But, yeah, yeah, he did that. He did uh, Columbine, and then he also did Parkland. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking. It was Parkland, right. not yeah. Sandy Hook. And I, I did read both of those, so I was kind of invested in, like, the school shooting literature. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, already. Uh, but I read this, and this was an entirely different thing. Um, she was not a reporter on school shootings like the other like, guy. Yeah, the guy who wrote Columbine. Yeah, so this was a totally different um, like take on everything. Yeah. And it really, I thought it was, you know, like those other books, mm-hmm. Columbine and Parkland. I and thought it was going to be like matter of fact, like, yeah. Here's I mean, the guy is, is a, bit, yeah, he's he's a journalist. journalist yeah. I think she's a journalist too, but. Um, but yeah, it's, he's a journalist and he's talking about the actual events, mm-hmm. um, and then the, the aftermath and the victims. Um, so it's very, those books are big too. You can, they are, they're and, and they're, they're heavy. Yeah. All of them are very emotionally heavy. Uh, but Sandy Hook was, I, I mean, I assumed that it would be formatted sort of like those others and mm-hmm. in that it would be, you know, mostly about that event and the people who played roles in it. Mm-hmm. It is much bigger than that. It's she she tackles not only that event, but more so the way that it was received in the world. I um, yeah. So it's more it's largely about uh, school shooting deniers. I was gonna say I wonder if she and, approached that aspect of it because that is the yeah. one where it really shifted because it was little kids. I mean, yeah, that not all of them all of them are horrible, mm-hmm. but like it's the one where you think if anything's going to shift it it should be this and yeah. it didn't really um so like i mean those other the other school shooting books were hard to read and like i've read a fair amount of like true crime stuff yeah. and and it, there is that aspect of loss and and people's pain of losing a loved one but this one i don't know i felt like there was just this whole other layer of it was almost traumatizing reading it. Yeah, like I just be, and it's long. It's very I, long. Yeah. And I listened to the audiobook thinking that it would somehow like help I me like get through it. Worse. And it yeah, it was really really not a fun reading experience. Yeah. I'm glad that I read it because it's so informational and I feel like it's information that everyone really right. needs it's to be one aware of. Those books of. where like people should know, but it yeah, is hard. Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard to wrap yeah. your brain around the fact that there are so many people out yeah. there who see this kind of not just Sandy Hook, but like lots of any yeah. school shootings yeah. or like mass shootings. Mm-hmm. They see it on TV and they immediately assume that this has to be a hoax. Like right. this isn't real. And then they go on social instead of just like keeping that to themselves. Mm-hmm. Then the world we live in today, that you have to go online and you have to say your yeah. opinion and and try and convince as many people as possible that this is some kind of you know, government conspiracy. And, that and it's part of so it, painful. I was going to say that aspect of it, of the conversation surrounding school shootings is so much harder than just like, oh, the gun lobbyists don't care. It's like right. the fact that people are just trying to like 
completely erase the like experiences of the people that went through it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it just is, it's an interesting like, it would be an interesting conversation around like media in itself because like I think with the, well I say that, but I was going to say with the access to like the internet and social media, it's so much easier to be like this didn't exist, but then there are so many Holocaust deniers and that was like yeah. not a, and it's so hard a lot to of that like, went before like internet was as big. So. Yeah. And I think what's frustrating about it too is that it's so hard to take legal action on any of that yeah. because these people are, you know, they're exercising their First Amendment rights right. to speak their opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very much a line of like, how do we. Right. But, yeah. You know, you have the one or two people who start whole websites promoting mm-hmm. this idea that it's a hoax, and other people get on the bandwagon and they like harass the parents of right. these children. They can't just, and, like, keep it, like, right. a, has a discussion between themselves. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't, all that to say, I highly recommend it. I think Elizabeth Wilson did a heck of a job researching everything and mm-hmm. building real relationships with people who were involved, um, whether they were, like, victims' parents or um, even some of the people that you're, like, you hate and yeah. and you don't you're like how did you interview that person like yeah. that was that it's, must have been so hard that's interesting that t- um and cool to know that she did mm-hmm. a lot of like she included that um, yeah viewpoint of it no she did a hell of a job um doing that and yeah. i highly recommend it but just be prepared it's like heavy, it's heavy yeah. and maybe i feel like when i started it i was kind of like trying to plow through it because mm-hmm. i was I don't know. It's just, yeah. it is so heavy, but I feel like maybe a better approach would be to take it maybe a chapter at a time and be yeah. reading other things yeah, in between. Like give and yourself like, space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very cool. So, yeah. Um, or not cool, but. Um, Back to you. It's interesting to have that perspective because <laughs> I have seen that on our shelves and I haven't picked it up. But um, so my next one is nonfiction, but it's another memoir. And I read this, it was the first book that I read last year and it has stayed with me the whole time. Um, so I was like, I have to talk about this one and it's not new. I don't know when it was published, but it's been out for a while. Um, it's called nobody will tell you this, but me a true as told to me story. Um, and it's by Bess Kalb. Um, and she is a, um, TV writer, um, and she contributes to like the New Yorker and that sort of thing. Um, but I did the audiobook on this one. And if you can at all do audiobooks, I highly recommend the audiobook of this because kind of the whole premise is that, um, the story is about her grandmother, but she tells it, um, from the perspective of her grandmother. So like, Ooh. it's a memoir, but it's told from the perspective of the grandmother instead of the granddaughter that's writing it. But the granddaughter, the the author, saved every single voicemail that her grandmother ever left her. And <gasps> so amazing. she, like, yeah, I, like, was reading this, and I got so sad because, like, my grandparents passed away a couple years ago, and I was like, I don't have anything like that. Um, but it was so neat to see because, so, like, when she got to points in the book where she talked about a voicemail with the audiobook she plays the actual voicemail. Like, you hear her grandmother's actual voice. Oh, that's really um, intense. I know. It was, like, a whole, um, like, added element. Like, it felt like a you weren't just reading a book you were yeah. getting. Um, but it's mostly lighthearted. Um, it talks about – it. so her grandmother's name is Bobby, and, like, Bobby recounts the story of four generations of the women um, in their family. So there's – 
Bobby, who's the narrator, which is the author's grandmother, she talks about her mother um, who immigrated to America. Um, and then she talks about um, her daughter, um, who is the author's mom, who was a was alive in this or like growing up in the seventies and um, like a, I can't, if I remember correctly was like involved in a lot of protest and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she talks about Bess, who's the author, um, and she talks about like her becoming like trying to break into like the boys club of like LA um, television Um, but it's so cool because she like she has clearly like the author had such a close relationship with her grandmother but it was just it was such an interesting like format like Mm -hmm. I've not and I still haven't like read or seen anything where it's like this is a memoir but it's told from this perspective versus like me talking about my experience Mm -hmm. Um, and there is um, there's a quote from it that I have not forgotten Um, it's mentioned multiple times but it's like her grandmother's signature saying and it's if the earth is cracking behind you you put one put you put one foot in front of the other Um, I thought I wrote down the entire quote but apparently I didn't but it's um it's very much like a strong like even if everything is falling apart like you just keep going um and so that was actually really interesting to have read at the beginning of last year because last year was one of the hardest years of my life I had such a heavy load with grad school and I lost one of my best friends and like there just was a lot that kept happening and I thought about this book the whole way through and like the advice and like hearing her grandmother like actually say those words um but anyways and it was funny like it was a really funny book too like I laughed out loud a lot um but yeah it's those are those are really special books I think when you find one that really speaks to you um and you feel like you read it like in the moment that you needed it yeah and that's the thing like this book came out forever ago but um and I started it at the beginning of last year which at the time was fine like nothing was happening but um but yeah, so it was really interesting. I highly recommend it. Um, and if you can have access to it or like can do audiobooks, um, that's yeah, how I recommend doing it. That would that be one. a really special yeah. aspect of yeah. that. So, I mean, does, in the book, like, does she just like transcribe the voicemails? Are they there? I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So okay. I would assume they're transcribed um, yeah. because you, she plays the full thing in the, like, she plays full messages in the audiobook. So I would assume they're just transcribed. Yeah. So the only, like, difference really is just that you hear it in the grandmother's voice, whereas mm-hmm. the rest of the book is narrated by the author, yeah. so the granddaughter. Um, I lost both my grandmothers um, this year. Yeah. So, so it would It be... was cool. And someone did get a, I think it was, someone had recorded her singing, like, she loved hymns, and mm-hmm. so someone had recorded her on their phone singing a hymn, like, it's while precious. she was in the hospital there yeah. at the end. Oh, and that's... it it's become like a very I was gonna say, precious thing yeah. to everyone in our family. Yeah, that is very precious. I have, um, so I don't have anything for my grandparents, but I have my, one of my best friends who passed away last year, I have like, and he hated being on camera <laughs> for anything, but I have a video of him, um, I have a few videos of him actually singing and playing guitar and like they're, I need to actually back those up on something. Um, but yeah, it is a very different like, thing that you get to hold on to versus like pictures or stuff that was theirs it's mm-hmm. like a whole other level of like and a it's piece kind of, of like to keep weird it's not the word but like it is like a whole different experience listening it to really those is. things yeah. after they're gone yeah it is um and I don't pull them out a lot but like there are times where I do and I'm just like it's so weird to like like it's 
it's helpful, but it's also like very startling. Um, yeah. Because like you haven't heard them talking so long, and so it's like, oh, well, here it is. But yeah, it's yeah. really precious. Yeah. So I mean, it might be like emotional, but I would definitely um, recommend it. It helped me a lot. Um, at the time I read it, I had lost my grandmother and my grandfather within like a year of each other the year before I think so mm-hmm. like it had been a minute but it was still pretty fresh and then I lost my best friend like a couple months after I read it so it was um it was interesting to see the like but it was yeah. helpful in both um it just isn't interesting like there's some commentary on grief but a lot of it is like treasuring and like remembering and recording and celebrating the lives of the people that you love that aren't with us anymore mm-hmm. um which is not like I read a lot of books um on grief last year like adjacent and this was kind of the one that was like it's lighter in a sense because it's funnier and it's like the perspective of it is not just like is not as heavy in general but it was um, really good highly recommend cool cool well, my next pick is called Either Or by Elif Batuman. I, I really I hope one. that I'm saying her name right because I, I hate butchering people's names. There's one on my like and it's such a I'm pretty excited name. about that like I'm not sure how to pronounce the name. Yeah. Um, but um which is and this book was actually I guess you would call it a sequel to um, her previous book which was called The Idiot. I, when you were talking about this the other day, I was like, I should know what this is. And you said The Idiot, and that sounded more familiar. And I'm going to look it up right now so I can see the cover, because I feel like it's something I'm... I do realize... Okay, it is not the book I was thinking of, so I've never heard of these. There is also, who, there is also another book called The Idiot, but it's, um, and it's a, a big one. Dostoevsky wrote that's one called it. The Idiot, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's the first one that pops up, so it's not that one. No, not that one. Definitely not that one. Not that one. <laughs> um, but this one kind of like what you were saying, I I read it and it both of them actually, um, the idiot and this and either or mm-hmm. it I could relate to things in it mm-hmm. very, very closely. Yeah. Um so the main character, Selen, is a freshman at I believe Harvard in okay. the first book. And then so in the second book, she's a sophomore, and I think there's going to be a junior year and a senior yeah, year you were as well. That. That's such a I love when it's they so cool. do that. Yeah, um, which it doesn't happen a lot, but that's such a cool. I format. like it. It gives yeah. you, I, and I feel like four is like just enough mm-hmm. where like you you have enough of this world right, but that you can come back to. Over. But it's not like it doesn't get this endless. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I like That'll that, cool. and I'm looking yeah. forward to the other two, but um. It's her college experience, yeah. and it really doesn't matter that she's at an Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. Um, it there's a lot I of feel that like, that's universal, right, right? It's very, it's absolutely campus lit. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing is is campus campusy. Um, but I guess it kind of helped me process my undergrad years mm-hmm. a little because I do see so much of myself in this character. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very she's pretty self-absorbed which I feel like most people that age are Um, and especially when you're in college like everything is about you like that's all you have time to think about is your schedule and your you know what's expected of you and all homework and and your major and everyone's always asking you what you're gonna do with the rest of your life so you're like oh god I have to think about this all the time right so Um, it is it's a very like that time in life I feel mm -hmm. like is 
it is all about you. Yeah. Um, and you can get bogged down in being very self-absorbed and like mm-hmm. um, I think the whole thing she's looking for like self-knowledge and like trying to understand herself and understand herself in the world. Yeah. Um, That's neat. I'll have to pick that up because I feel like I'm doing a lot of that now mm-hmm. like in my third, like as I go into my 30s. Yeah. Um, which partially I think is because I um, and I don't know, you might relate to this a little bit. I like did undergrad and then I worked for a year or two and then I went to grad school. So like mm-hmm. I feel like even though it's a it was definitely a different experience because we did grad school online and not like on campus, but it's like your brain is so absorbed with school stuff that like you don't like unless you are very intentional, you don't like have time to. I like, feel like it's very unhealthy, but <laughs> yeah, it's it just my experience with it. Yeah, and it is like so I said, common I, though. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like I will say this author is extremely funny, mm-hmm. and she has Love a that. very unique brand of humor like it's very Mm -hmm. witty um very subtle like a lot of times you read something and it takes you a minute to like realize oh my gosh that's hilarious um yeah it's great um but I do think having that sort of comedic element to it it does help me look back and at those years in my life where yeah most for most of that time I was really depressed I was gonna say yeah social anxiety you felt everything so much so intensely almost like what people talk about teenagers going through but I feel like it happened it hit for me in college absolutely I think about Um, stuff like that I like now as a almost 31 year old like I think back to some of the stuff that I went through in college and I'm just like that wasn't nearly as big of a deal yes. as like it felt in the moment. And yes. it wasn't even but so much that you were making a big deal out of it. It's just that that's how you process things at that yeah. age. And in that sense, it kind of was a big deal. Right. And yeah. when I look back now on the things that were super important to me then and like really I felt like just, you know, either gutted me because they were so terrible mm-hmm. or like, I don't know, if like set me on my course for my future yeah. career or, you know, any of those things. It, I don't know. I just feel like I understand it so much better now. And I have so much more compassion for my yeah. college-age self. Yeah. But one of the things that I, I like about Selen and, and this character in the book is she, and I don't know if you had this experience in college or not, but if you're taking, like I was in English classes and then you're taking electives. Mm-hmm. And so there's like history and like all this you're getting a lot of incoming information yeah. and it can feel very disjointed. Mm-hmm. But when you're, when that's like your, your whole life and your whole world, and you're like, yeah, you're not doing anything you, else. Your brain starts like making these weird connections and, and it's kind of crazy making, honestly, yeah. like eventually I was, I found myself being like, oh my gosh, like everything is connected. It's so weird. It is, yeah. And I'm freaking out. And I mean, like, for example, this really freaked me out. I remember calling my mom cause she was like the only person that I really kept in touch with at that mm-hmm. time. But like, I'd been in a, a seminar class and at some point the professor was talking about like, like rowing mm-hmm. and canoeing yeah, and so then I, I rode the bus. I rode the city bus everywhere. Okay. So I was riding the city bus back to my apartment, and there's just, like, this one guy walking down the sidewalk on campus, and no backpack, no anything. He has one oar <laughs> over his shoulder. And I was just, like, I did a double take. And it's that moment where you're, like, I'm losing say, my mind. I was just like, I'm just losing it. It must have felt so surreal. Yeah. Like, but it's yeah. that thing. I mean, it is Athens. Like, it's not totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that weird. I mean, but yeah, it, like, the timing for sure. It could be a, sure. a weirder thing. Yeah. But, but that, she does this in this book. So, like, she's in one class and she's like, oh, okay, well, 
like contemplating these very deep philosophical, mm-hmm. you know, texts that she's reading. And then she goes out in the world and she'll get like an email from a boy mm-hmm. that she kind of likes. And it's like, she sees everything as a sign, okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it Which you is, do a lot of at you that do. age. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like it was very validating for me because it was like, no, you weren't insane. You just had like so much incoming information mm-hmm. and your like emotions and your hormones yeah. and everything were And you have nothing else to distract up. you. Right. Like, as even in grad school, like you do kind of only focus on it, but you like, at least for us, like we were working through grad school. So like, yeah. We were doing other things, and also your brain's so tired at that point that it yeah, doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't you don't <laughs> notice anything. Um, but no, I feel like, and like I said, I know that everyone didn't have that college experience, and a lot of people will read this and think this is so tedious, like it's because it's very stream of consciousness yeah. for her. Um, so a lot of people are going to read it and be like, "This is just not for me." Yeah, and I totally see that. Um, but if you're into campus lit and like that contemporary literature, the I think it would qualify as um, like new. Adult, oh, new adult, even yeah. though it's not like, no, I, think, I get the sense that a lot of new adult books are like really, um, like they're strong romance or like there is a lot, erotica yeah, or yeah. something. There is that, but like in my brain, and the thing that I think we're slowly moving towards is like new adult is eighteen to like twenty five. Like the characters are like the way that YA is like it's not a genre, but it's just like. All the characters in the book are, like, 14 to 18. Yeah. Um, and so, like, there's mystery and thriller and romance, like, within that category. But, like... It's less of a genre and more is, of a... It's a category. Yeah. Um, but So, like, we should technically, like, have a new, eight, a yes. new adult section. I library. really wish that we That'd would. Be cool. I think it's going to happen, but I think it's going to take a while. Because, like, yeah. even YA, like, when, I, when we were growing up, like, stuff that's in YA now was in children. So, yeah. like, it took a while to separate that out. Mm-hmm. From, but yeah, no, I would qualify that as new age. Yeah. Um, but I also like, I don't know, I just one last thing and then I'll pass it back to you. But I also really like Selen and she gets herself in all of these like weird, funny situations. And I feel like nowadays people think that when you're in college, like you're, you're this like really sexually experienced, um, like loose, free, like yeah. I'm just, you know, having all the experiences type thing. Yeah. And she almost responds to those type of circumstances like like a middle school or a high school age girl would she's like oh my god that's what I you know she's awesome yeah she's like kind of don't get that a lot at that age yeah yeah, she's like interested in it like she has a healthy interest in those things but she doesn't know everything but she's also like a little like it's also very weird and like strange to her that I think I would relate to a lot because like I I think especially like I don't know probably not everyone but like I grew up in the south in like a very like evangelical Christian household and so nobody ever talked about anything and so when I was in college it was like oh you just like like people uh, other kids a lot of other kids expect you to already know this but like you don't and like for me um I went to a Christian college and so it wasn't like I could like walk around being like hey what's this yeah Uh, but like just I mean she has this very funny part in this in either or where she's like saying she doesn't even she can't even put a tampon in like she's so freaked out and like she's like no no I'm in call I'm a or not a junior a sophomore in college and I just wear pads (laughs) okay which is like a very like (laughs) it's a legitimate thing and a lot of people will relate to that yeah it's a very like specified thing that like if you're not taught um and there are a lot of things like that that I think that's nice to know that that's like an aspect of the book because a lot of times in books 
with that setting and those characters those age, it's like there's it's just not realistic. It's like, right. oh, these kids know everything and have everything yes, figured out. And that's, like, so not how you and are at that And especially, like, I mean, all of these books are set at an Ivy League school. So, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of international students. I mean, I think yeah. Selen is maybe Turkish or her family is Turkish. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and they're all, like, going overseas for their summer programs and, like, yeah. doing all, the, you know. So there's this idea that they're supposed to be, like, you're like, supposed to have everything. Very yeah. intelligent, adult, like mature mm-hmm. adult people, and they're not. No, you're like so barely <laughs> you're an a baby. adult. You're a baby still. So um, anyway, you're thrown out on your own. That sounds super interesting. Highly I'll recommend. To, I'll have to pick that one up. Um, so my next one is one that's been talked about a lot, but I just loved it so much. I read it in one night, like not even a full night. I read it in probably like four hours. I don't know. I was like really <laughs> specific about like getting it done Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put it down or talk to my husband um which he was annoyed by but um it's called Legends and Lattes it's by Travis Baldry um and it show it was a Goodreads choice um it's showing up on a lot of the list now but it's high well the actual like tag is high fantasy with a double shot of self-reinvention which is adorable because it's about (laughs) an orc who stops um fighting like stops being like a warrior and opens a coffee shop up Um, that's so cute (laughs) yeah and it's adorable because like the in this world like coffee is not like a well-known thing and so it's like a super new like nobody's really doing this I don't really have any like thing to base it on Mm -hmm. um but it was really cute like it is fantasy it's I don't read a ton of high fantasy but like from what I can tell, it really is high fantasy, but it's, like, low stakes. So you're not, okay. like, stressed out the whole time. Yeah. It's very comforting. It's it's very much like, it's like a, cozy, a cozy fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like cozy fantasy, which is, um, I think, becoming That's an actual cool. thing now. Um, but, yeah, and it was, like, it was, like, a little bit predictable, but in a, like, comforting way. Like, it wasn't, um, it's not, like, it's not a book I would read if you, like, want to be left guessing and trying to figure stuff out. Um, yeah. Or, like, kept on the edge of your seat. But it's really sweet. Um, and it was nice to, like, read something fantasy that I didn't have to, like, navigate. I didn't have to, like, remember how this world works. Um, it's a very familiar um, basic fantasy world. Like, it's mm-hmm. orcs and gnomes and, I don't know, if you've ever read any sort of fantasy or, like, I'm not big into fantasy. Like, of course, like, I was in Harry Potter. I was yeah. Like, so, like, like, I was if, raised yeah. on Harry Potter. If you read Harry Potter, like, you, this would be fine. Like, okay. the concept of it. Okay. Like, there's an... But then, like, after that, it's like I never got yeah. into any other fantasy I, um, again. Other than, like, I was and still am a huge fan of um, Philip Pullman. Yes. Uh, his uh, Dark Materials, Materials trilogy. Yeah. Have you watched the show? I have not. Uh, we have only watched the first season, but it's really good. Is it Hulu? Or... It's HBO. Oh, it's HBO. Yeah, okay. which is probably why I think it's not more well-known, but it's really well done. Well, uh, it's I'm got, excited. Um, I need to watch it. It's got James McAvoy in it, so. Nice. Yeah, you never, who, who doesn't want to watch that? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's cute, and it's got like a little bit of a romance, but it's not, um, the whole story. It's a lot of like figuring. Or yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of figuring out like yourself and what you want to do after you stop doing this thing that you thought you were going to do for the rest of your life. Huh. Um, that's actually. I feel like a lot of people could benefit yeah. from reading this. Yes. Yeah, myself so included. Yeah, it's sweet though, and it is. It's a shorter book. It doesn't take super long to get through. But. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, should I do my number, my last one? Yeah, go ahead, and then I'll do mine. Okay, um, my last one is the only one that is that was not published in 2022, mm-hmm. and I have to say, it is actually, it, it's kind of a weird one. Um, in the Cut by Susanna Moore. I don't know that one. It is, well, I watched the movie years ago, mm-hmm. probably when I was too young to yeah. watch it. As most um, of the movies we it, watched. Were. Yeah, it's a Jane Campion, which I've come, like, as an adult, I've come to find that I've really love Jane Campion movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So she, like The Piano, I think, and... Um, mm-hmm. That one I do know. Uh, the Power of the Dog that came out, yes. like, two years ago or yeah, something. Yeah, That one um, I do know. Just amazing. But anyway, I guess I'd put it on my reading list because I am really interested sometimes. It depends on the book, but I am really interested to see how people translate that how the writers and the directors oh, yeah. like translate stuff mm-hmm. from book to screen i am also very not interested. not all the time it i mean it really it depends on it depends yeah. on the thing and yeah. i just i noticed i did it with this one and i noticed like i knew that the power of the dog was a book before mm-hmm. I, I watched the movie and then i realized that they were both jane campion and i was like oh my okay. god like we've got a thing yes. we have a thing um, I love when I figure that out, like, yeah. afterwards. It's like, oh, this is a thing that's working, and I didn't realize it, but now I can, like, yes. go seek it out. So I just – it was one that I just, like, threw on my list, and it's super short. Okay. So I don't know. I was just – I think I was, like, putting off a run one day or something. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to, like, start this. Mm-hmm. And I ended up sitting there for however many hours and, like, just reading the whole thing because I could not put it down. And I really haven't read a book like that in a long time. Like, I feel like not since – you know, maybe high school even yeah. where, you know, you don't, you didn't have all the same stressors that you yeah. have now and you have more attention, like a greater attention span than we have now. Um, so this, just the reading experience in itself was really special to me because it made me remember like the power of books and how, when you get a really good one, how it can just yeah. can be all consuming yeah. for you. Which is a, such a fun thing. And especially as an adult, like you were saying with like more responsibilities and stuff, you do you don't get that the same mm-hmm. as you do when you're a teenager. So it's, like, really special and, like, kind of nostalgic when you do find a book yeah. um, that makes you feel that way. It, I think it's kind of categorized as an erotic thriller, which is... Two words I would not... Weird to me. Two categories yeah. I would not have necessarily put together. <laughs> exactly, because I'm not a big reader of thrillers, and I'm not a big reader of erotica. Interesting. So, so it, like, you got a little um, bit of both. Yeah, and I I mean the movie like I said I'm I'm sure it's rated R or whatever. Um it's about the main character is this woman who I think is a linguistics professor. Mm-hmm. Um and she is so she's very interested in you know hearing the natural dialect and like people oh, yeah. around her and it's in New York City and I think she maybe lives in like kind of a rough area of town. And mm-hmm. so she has her students, I think some of her students are like kind of rough around the edges types. Mm-hmm. And so she goes home and she's working on like a her own studies of um, like city language, like slang. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's, and so, it's an interesting prospect. Yeah, but the whole, the book to me, I think categorizing it as an erotic thriller is a little dismissive of it to me. Oh, yeah. Like, you were saying. Because even I started it thinking, like, don't expect too much right. from this. Like, yeah. this is, like, something you read and then trash. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, but once you start reading it, you're, like, immediately sucked in. She's an amazing writer. I can't believe yeah. I've never heard of her. Like, she's written yeah. other things, but either. I'm I've never heard of them. 
Um, so I was very, very, like, taken in immediately by her writing style. Um, it's a very, happens. it's a lean book, which yeah. I saw that in one of the Goodreads reviews that somebody did, and I, it's perfect. Yeah. It's lean. Like, it's such a small book, but, but it's still... so powerful and packs such a punch. Um, it is graphic. It's really gritty just because the, the time and the place and what it's dealing with. Um, so you've got this linguistics professor and there's also in the, the area that she lives, um, women get, keep getting murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she kind of meets and befriend, well, befriend is yeah. not the right word. <laughs> um, but so she enters into this relationship with a cop oh, okay. who's looking into these murders gotcha. and he's a real character and then you've got his partner mm-hmm. his cop partner um is another character there are very few characters actually right. in the book but the way that she's written it the suspense is unreal like through the entire book you have reason to believe that it could be like any one of these people like you right. really fully don't know who's doing this but everyone is a little bit shady i like those and everybody's a little you know suspicious, suspicious. Yeah. um and then I don't even, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like even the, like, erotica, I guess, if you want to call it that, even the erotica pieces Mm -hmm. of the story, they're not in there just to be, like, this really raunchy sex scene. Like, they really do move the plot. They create suspense. Like, she's getting closer and closer and more intimate with this person who's, like, you don't know if they're good or bad. Yeah. Um, and you get the sense that she's kind of, like, spurred on by that a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds really interesting. It is really good. And the end is just, it's been so long since I saw the movie, but I want to say that it, the ending is, like, totally opposite of what oh, happens. Okay. I want to say. I'm not yeah. totally positive on that, but it is, ugh, that wow. Is, like, I, it's, it packs a huge punch. You're I love like, when they're what? that, like, small and you're not expecting it to yeah, be. Yeah, oh, I totally wasn't. Um, that and impactful. It didn't like on Goodreads. It did not get a very high. Um, oh, okay. No, I've score. seen that cover. That's either yeah. or. But oh, that's either yeah. or. Okay, I've seen no, that. No, it it didn't get a very high high rating by people. But I mean, then again, I don't know how many people who seek out erotica are looking for like Reviews. an intelligent. Oh yeah, that's what you're saying. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, and I'm not saying anything like no bad about just those a people. It's like it's a just a different type that of that genre is, is not typically it, it is typically like you read it you get yeah. your thrills and then you're and, and you move on yeah. and it's like not a big it yeah. doesn't like stay with you it's not like this lasting yeah very meaningful thing yeah um that's true and a lot of people were like this is just disgusting and I'm traumatized by reading it and my response to that is if a book can traumatize you from reading it like I feel like trauma well trauma is a strong and loaded word yes it is um so sometimes trauma, not not a good thing. Right. But if a book can move you that much right. to the point where you are just like, yeah, even if you, you don't feel like it, icky and yeah. like you feel it on you, kind of thing for yeah. days. Like that's a powerful that's book a, yeah. that speaks to the author and their talent. Absolutely. So I don't know. It yeah. just it it was very powerful to me. What's and that one called again? In the cut. In the cut. I have to look that one up. And yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I'm just, I'm really blown away by her writing and I really want to read more things by her. Yeah, it sounds um, really interesting. The movie is, uh, has, I think, Meg Ryan and Mark, like a young Mark Ruffalo. Ooh. So the movie, I will say, I don't remember being super impressed by the movie, just that more like the plot and the story was, it was very, like, scary mm. and intense. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting, too, like a lot of times with book to movies, and I'm like, I'm actually really excited to talk about, like, this more on the podcast, like, Britain's going to come on and do some, like, book to movie talk um but it's always interesting to see the way that like it translates from the book to the page and stuff that is like is intense but maybe not that like when you put it visually like versus just reading it it's can be a lot more intense or it could take away from the um yeah but no that sounds interesting yeah um Cool. Well, my last one of last year that I read um, is kind of out of left field, but um, it's called Like a Mother, a Feminist Journey Through the Science and Culture of Pregnancy. Um, And it is a memoir, um, but it is very um, informational too. Like it's, it's the format is a memoir and it's funny and she like talks about her own personal experience. But, like, what spurred her on was she would, like, have all these questions while she was pregnant. And, like, she would ask her doctor and her doctor would, like, give her very, like, surface-level answers. Um, Or it was, like, stuff that nobody ever really, like, talked about. But it's actually, like, fascinating. Um, So she did a lot of research and she interviewed a lot of people about those um, different things. So, like, she talked a lot about, like... um, the debate between like formula and breast milk and like postpartum depression and she talks a lot about miscarriage um but the thing that was really interesting to me well the two things that were interesting to me um I like of course had heard of placenta and knew that it was like a thing that um you basically like give labor to after the baby but I did mm-hmm. not realize it it is an organ like it's its own organ. I don't know that I knew that either I did not know that um and it was just I don't know what I thought like, I, I just I mean, never I thought about farm it growing up yeah so I know that like it yeah like and I think you like a lot of people realize it's like oh you know it's something that like helps keep the baby alive but like I just never can like never thought about what yeah. it was um so that, well, was that, that whole like pregnancy and babies yeah. is like just so foreign to me it's so foreign to me I and don't... that's like actually like josh and i have started talking like we're in the very very early stages of talking about having kids mm-hmm. and like so i have a chronic illness and so there's like i have so much um like i want to have kids but i have so much like um not anxiety but like i'm very hesitant about the actual pregnancy part and so I like much like I do everything else that I'm interested in like was like I'm gonna read books to like because I feel like I'll feel better if I like know yeah enough um I mean obviously you can know as much and everything can go a different way but um so I started like I looked for and this is one that we had on our shelf and I was like okay I'll just see um and it is one like if it's interesting even if you're not like in that phase of your life where you're like considering having kids or you have kids but like um, it's really, really good for that. And it's a really short read compared and it's not overwhelming. Like a lot of mm-hmm. pregnancy books are like, you know, you should do this you and don't do, do that. Right. And, yeah. and a lot of hers is just a conversation on like 
the culture around pregnancy and the way that um, my actual favorite part about it and the thing that stuck with me um, is she talks like there's several different parts that she talks about but she talks a lot about like the way that um, delivery used to be um, handled by midwives and people who had not been to medical school but had all of this knowledge passed down and trained by other women Um, and then like at some point um, like medical colleges became a thing and men were like very gatekeepy about it and like um, so it became a lot more of like focused on what it is today where like and not that like men can't be good doctors but it's just like they sort of pushed out women who had the actual practical experience of having babies and like understanding that aspect um and I will say that I I want a woman to deliver oh, yeah. any baby 100%. that I ever have yeah. like I, I, I will never have a male doctor I don't um, yeah. think that's in the cards for yeah, me like no. it's just not gonna happen I just don't anyway like I'm sure they're perfectly fine people I just don't trust them on like, principle on principle I'm just like no no thank like you. if something because I know myself and I know like if something were to go wrong mm-hmm. even if it would have gone wrong with a female right. doctor delivering it mm-hmm. I know myself and I know like to my dying day I'd be like that it's that man yeah that That man that evil awful man yeah I know someone who had a very traumatizing birth or very traumatizing labor because a male doctor was like in a rush and like wanted to just hurry it along and I still to this day I'm just Mm -hmm. like no like they've moved on about it and I'm just like no I'm so salty about it um (laughs) but yeah so and one of the facts that stuck out to me and still does and I like stopped reading and like texted several people and I just got so mad about it um (laughs) is that she talks about the reason that women give birth in the position that they do in a bed on their back is because King Louis the Fourteenth liked to watch women give birth. Ew, that's and gross. so it was like set up as the perfect like viewing position. It is, it's disgusting. That's and nasty. I was like, this is also a perfect picture of kind of like how, um, like these days, not every doctor, but a lot of doctors like have the mentality of like, oh, I'm the doctor, I have the degree, I know best, versus like you're experiencing this thing in your body and Mm -hmm. you know that better than anyone else. Um, I was just like, okay. But it was fascinating. Um, Even if you don't like have any practical reason to read it, um, it's just an interesting stuff that I, a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining me and chatting about books. Yeah, anytime. Um, I loved it, it was great. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and you've got an extra moment, I'd love if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcast. If you'd like to keep up with us outside of the weekly episodes, find us on Instagram at Tales from a Bibliophile. You can also shoot us any feedback, any comments or stories or anything at all that you'd like to share at Tales from a Bibliophile at gmail.com. Happy reading!